you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The Around the NFL Podcast. Great additional crew work, Greg. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Around the NFL. He is. He's working his way up the ranks, and he's, people are noticing. He's turning heads. But is there a glass ceiling? Yeah, it's been marginally impressive by Greg. Um, the second career of his. Dan Hans is here with, uh, you heard Mark Sessler, and yes, Greg Rosenthal. That's in reference, of course, to the Flashpoint Focus series, which... You know, here's the thing about the Flashpoint Focus series. You don't just pencil in a, an episode date where it's like, this is the next episode. Uh, it's when it when it kind of comes into focus. Huh? And I just have a feeling there's something there's something mm. in the air that there could be one coming up soon. That's that's all. That's all I can say. Does anybody else have that feeling? So is this a Flashpoint Focus about a Flashpoint Focus? <laughs> Sounds about right. How's everybody doing? I uh, great job holding it down with the great Patrick Claybon on Tuesday as the combine kicked up, kicked off. I spent some good time with my uh, parents who were visiting in town, and now I am locked in as well. The underwear Olympics roll on or are getting going in Indianapolis, and we'll continue to uh, comb the desert there and find some news coming out uh, of Indy and the Lucas Oil Stadium. But we're also going to dig into some free agency and team transaction talk, Greggy. In fact, we're going to try to put together some realistic trades a little bit later with the great uh, Roto Pat, Pat Darty. I'm looking forward to this. My, my time of year, we, well, as we finish taping this, the on-field drills kind of start at the combine and we'll wrap all those up uh, on Monday and talk about them next week. But it's almost like I enjoy this part. It's good get to learn about all the prospects it's like get it out of the way and then the real the fun starts for a couple of weeks and then we chill for like months your thoughts mark <laughs> uh i was just reflecting back on the flashpoint focus update that you provided <laughs> and uh i am with you that it feels inevitable that um there's some sort of tipping point coming but it is mysterious at this mm. point we i can i just can sense it 
like an air dirigible um, in the skies coming closer to uh, to our city, to our and home. There, it is a fun, it's kind of a funky time of the NFL calendar, I find, because um, you do have this big event, this tentpole event of the Combine, and you have all the, or many or most of the GMs and coaches there, and they're talking. Uh, so it makes you feel like this is a very, you know, big time of year news-wise, but you know, it's still there, as you guys uh, definitely handled on Tuesday, there's a lot of Fugazi stuff out there right now. The real meat and potatoes of the news is coming up as the free agency kicks off in earnest, I believe, next week. A couple of uh, weeks. Two couple weeks. weeks uh, two weeks. Yeah. And, of course, then the draft starts getting closer. So we're going to get you up to date on everything that's going on. And do you want to start where we usually start, which is the latest news? Please. Let's do it. Let's do it. Playing press on the outside. Mahomes will throw it. In the pocket, he's launching one long. Marquez Valdez-Scantling catches the ball at the Raven 30 on his backside. Shades of the catch he had against Cincinnati in the end zone last year in the AFC Championship game. There's the call, of course, from Mitch Holtis in the AFC title game. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, one of the more frustrating uh, wide receivers in the league, a guy that has always gotten open, has always had premium quarterback talent around him, uh, but has never really broken through, but has made big plays, as you just heard. There was one of them also scored in the touch in the uh, Super Bowl. The recent Chiefs win over the Niners. Uh, but now it looks like MBS uh, will be once again looking for a new team uh, because the Kansas City Chiefs are releasing the wide receiver who was headed into the final season of his three-year deal. Uh, it gives the Chiefs much-needed cap help. It, it provides $12 million in cap savings per over the cap. So on the week where we learned that the Chiefs were going to tag Legereus Sneed and be open to a trade of him, and they are obviously all in, it seems, on trying to get Chris Jones signed to a long-term deal, this is some uh, house cleaning that is much necessary. And also, love him or hate him, or who loved him, but uh, MVS did serve a role in a, at a pared-down offensive attack down the stretch for the Chiefs, and now they have to find a replacement for him. So the Chiefs have a lot of work to do. Well, I think they're going to spend money and or draft picks at receiver. We're talking trades later, and to me, they're a candidate for a wide receiver trade if any team out there is. So they're, they're clearing money to do it. And yet, I'm not sure if they win back-to-back -back Super Bowls without MVS or without some MVS-like character. And it, there, there is something funny, and I you know, identify it with a little bit as a Patriots fan. If if a bad move that you made results in a couple big time postseason plays that leads to your championship, it all feels worth it. He MVS had a monster AFC championship game a year ago, a huge 116 yards. And then in the playoffs, in the AFC playoffs, he had like the biggest catches in each of the divisional round in the conference championship. So if you're a Chiefs fan, it's like Okay, uh, that kind of was a waste of money, but we wouldn't have won a Super Bowl without it. It reminds me of when the Patriots drafted Sony Michelle over Lamar Jackson. Still um, a little salty about that, but, uh, you know, they did get a title out of it, I guess, in 2018. I mean, Dan, you're right to call him. A, he was a frustrating overall experience, but it's like he was until he wasn't. And, and like you're, you're, the whole offense was a tough watch, and then suddenly MVS made absolutely monster plays down the stretch. I think you're right, Greg. They don't, they don't reach the Super Bowl or win it without a couple of those plays, but they are a strong candidate to reimagine the entire wideout room. And I'm with you that I think when you think about a team that would be 
prepared to make a trade for a veteran wideout who you can plug in right away. You know what you're getting because um, they're sitting down number 32 in the draft. I mean, there's a lot of good wide receivers, but you're not going to get one of the premier guys necessarily there. It's like they just feel like a trade candidate big time to me. They're just so interesting because I said this last week that for a team that's coming off a Super Bowl, they have big decisions to make and they could go in two very different directions. They could build around Mahomes and try to become a 500 point team again and get back to the glory days there. Or they could dig in around Jones and Snead and keep that defense with Spags intact and find a way on offense. And maybe what this is, is they're trying to thread the needle here because if, if, if they do look to trade Snead and obviously develop a new cornerback through the draft or a cheaper signing or someone already on the roster, then you can keep Chris Jones. He's the heart and soul of that defense. You have the coordinator, you find a way, and then you go and attack that offense. And it's a scary thought for the rest of the league because the Chiefs, I still think, won the Super Bowl this year as a compromised team that still found a way. And they could they could be the rare Super Bowl team where they get a lot better in the offseason, and it's actually real, not like fake better, real better. I think I think that's how they'll spend their money. You mentioned Snead getting tagged, which we had breaking news right at the end of our show, Dan. But we didn't have the information that they give him permission to seek a trade right away. Which the fact that that came with the news indicates to me he's very likely on the move if they get a good offer. And I don't see why they wouldn't get a good offer for a second team all pro like entering his prime. He'll have a great market. He is a decorated uh, cover corner, a versatile guy, uh, just came off a Super Bowl. So the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs are set up potentially for a monster offseason. Uh, we'll see what happens. In other news, the Bengals, they're looking to get back to the realm of the AFC elite. And it it's looking increasingly apparent that they think T. Higgins being on the team is necessary toward that goal. The Inquirer, Cincinnati Inquirer, uh, Charlie Goldsmith reported the Bengals have, quote, no plans to trade T. Higgins. That kind of echoes what Duke Tobin, their director of player personnel, said they that, that they plan to keep Higgins on the roster. Uh, so T. Higgins, who is a perfect complement, obviously, to Jamar Chase, and it looks like Tyler Boyd is going to reach free agency. But you, if you have those two guys as your dogs, with Joe Burrow, as long as you can protect the quarterback, they're going to score a lot of points. This felt like a completely necessary move, and we touched on it a little on our last episode, but the news did firm up about what might happen, what might happen with a tag T. Higgins. Like, would they tag and trade him like with the sneak? Like, and that's just not going to happen. I, I just cannot imagine a world where you take, take weapons away from Joe Burrow and you're already going to lose potentially Tyler Boyd as well. It's like, this is your window. Like, just don't don't make false mistakes here and, and strip them away of a totally promising. They have two number one wide receivers. That's how you get back to the AFC title game. It's, it's, I don't know if it's bold and I like it. It's not surprising because it's just a Bengalsy thing to do. They let Jace, Jesse Bates play out the last year. They like, well, we're going to get one more good year out of Bates. You know, they almost won the Super Bowl. Uh, we're going to get one more year out of T. Higgins. We'll not worry about what we get because I, Unlike I, I've seen some analysts out there say like the, the wide receiver market, I don't know if it's going to be as strong. You have to give them the huge contract. It's like, no, I think T Higgins, they could get like a late first round pick for T Higgins. And I don't hate that. They're not going to do it. Uh, you only have so many years where you're going to have two great wide receivers like that. And I would not expect them to be back on the team. And they've done this before. They did it with Bates. They actually did it with AJ green during the COVID year, which was a bad decision. They just had him stay one more year and he suddenly turned 
uh, really old in that season. They, they've done it in the past, and it's fine. Go, go do it right now while everyone's around. Uh, in other news, you know, and I get it. I've said it on this podcast. I get it. Um, my favorite team is kind of a source of fail son entertainment for everyone else, and I get it. Uh, and they're, they're delivering, I feel like, a lot of good content um, lately, and this year should be interesting. The New York Jets um, had a wide receiver um, named Nicole Hardman, who was formerly of the Chiefs, that they brought in uh, in the offseason, who was supposed to be a good complement uh, and add an element of big play, uh, a big play element to their offense. It never happened. He barely was seeing the field. And eventually he was traded back to the Chiefs, where, yes, he had the walk off touchdown in the Super Bowl. Isn't that funny? Isn't that so cool? Um, anyway. He also almost lost them, you know, ended their season before that with his terrible play. So he, he's, he's a dummy. But let's, let's, <laughs> let's focus on the news that came out this week that Nicole Hardman, and this is according uh, some reporting from Connor Hughes, um, that Hardman, frustrated by his lack of usage uh, with the Jets, leaked game plans to the opposition. Uh, it was impl- implied by several players on social media, amongst them Sauce Gardner. Uh, he la- he leaked uh, game plan details to the Eagles and also the Chiefs. Uh, ironically, games in which the Jets had their high point of their season, a victory over the Eagles when we were in London, as you may recall, gentlemen. And then a, a Sunday night game with the Chiefs that went down to the final minutes that they lost. And also uh, a commentary that Mecole Hardman made at some point before his trade, saying that he had been in contact uh, with bo- both Patrick Mahomes and Brett Veach, Veach the GM, uh, come get me. So the Jets are potentially a report out there investigating tampering. So, in, I mean, at the end of the day, just a really good move to bring Nicole Hardman into the organization. <laughs> it worked. It worked uh, almost perfectly. I mean, it's, it is kind of a reminder, though, that some of these offseason bolstering of rosters and moves that get treated with a lot of, you know, grandeur, because it was like, Robert Sala that, you know, last offseason was gushing about Mikko Hardman and his speed and called him like gas, I think. And just like it seemed like it all was going to work and it couldn't have gone worse. But I, my thing is, like, if they if this can be proven that he that he's sharing game plans, and I'm not saying that, like, unleashing the Jets game plan to the opponent was a lot of top secret stuff to begin with when you have Nate Hackett running the offense. But I just want to like that's like a that's suspension territory. How do you how does well, how is that get, different to your point? Like, how is that? You know, we're very we come down very hard on gambling as as our league makes millions upon millions of dollars off it. Um, and the idea it's all about the integrity of the game. If they they're digging through players' phones and emails and things to find out uh evidence of that, if they have evidence on his phone or wherever else that he was leaking the game plan of his own team, first of all, he should be out of the league forever. Why would anyone want that guy on their team? And secondly, why wouldn't the league come down hard? I agree hundred percent with you. That was the first thought I had. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just based on the reporting, I don't know if there is like a, a smoking gun. It might be one of those things that got kind of talked talked around by the other players. He is certainly not a popular man uh, in the Jets locker room. I'm sure the way it all ended, and he didn't like this. Partly came about because he went on a podcast. I think it was Ryan Clark's podcast, and yeah, he he said how he was completely checked out of the Jets. Admitted that he refused to return punts for them one game because he felt like he had been lied to about having the punt return job or whatever. And then was just like, uh, not giving any effort whatsoever. He admitted like in the middle of his career, which is, you know, not something you probably want to put out there. Cause I don't know if the chiefs are that interested in keeping him either. I mean, it was a nice, 
he'll always have his moment. I mean, it's he's not quite Malcolm Butler, but uh, he'll always be part of like history. But that might be about it for his career. And this is going to sound like, you know, sour down with the Jets. But I just think he and if you watch Hard Knocks and I talked about it with Colleen at the time, if you, if you feel you must go check the tape that he was one of the only people that didn't come off well on Hard Knocks. He walked around. Uh, with uh, aviators indoors and kind of carried himself in a different way than everyone else and all the, you know, the player bonding activities. And it was just like, what's what's Hardman all about? Um, so seems to be a premium knucklehead, uh, but congratulations on that Super Bowl and all the glory that came with it. Um, all right. Oh, also, Zach Wilson has been uh, given permission to seek a trade. Uh, good luck. I saw a report out there connecting him to Sean McVay and the Rams. Okay, we'll see. Put a we'll put see. a pin in that. I actually have seven different Zach Wilson trade proposals coming up as part two of, of the show. I actually do have a Zach oh, Wilson wait, one. It's stop. one of about sixty that I concocted. The and I know it it drives uh, you guys um, and some listeners crazy that I I believe that Sam Darnold is an NFL player that could be successful in this league. Sam Darnold. You will not hear me saying about that about Zach okay. Wilson. That that was that always had a funky smell to it, and I don't believe he has a future in the league. Um, finally. Uh, let's spin through a couple of things real quick. Uh, uh, Janu Smith, uh, the well-traveled tight end, he um, has been uh, released by the Falcons. Um, so he was cut. Um, Gino is locked in after a con. Gino Smith locked in after a contract restructure. Um, those two items are out there. I thought Janu Smith was actually pretty good last year. Janu, yeah. I mean, he was like the guy that was on top of. Did you do the thing where it's like you're saying the first name long, so you're going to correct it before you go into your point? Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I guess so. I don't know what's the best. Uh, John, yeah, he had a pretty good year. <laughs> uh, you know, former former Patriot great, John Smith. Uh, look, he was the guy who was always at the top of your free agent waiver wire if you play fantasy, and you're like, hmm, he does have like 500 yards this season and 50 catches. Should I pick up John Smith? But you don't want to get the... The ultimate, like the week where you where he goes one for eight, which is probably what's going to happen next. You just put him in Pittsburgh. He can follow with, yeah. with Arthur Smith. But it was interesting at the combine that that the Seahawks essentially said. I think they were a little misleading the way they said they're like, oh yeah, Gino was always coming back. Like it was just a question of timing. I think they went through the process. They decided he is coming back. But the way they moved the money around in his contract, he is locked in now as, as a Seahawk, so he's not going anywhere. I think it'll be Gino and, and some rookie to be named later. And finally in the news. Warner goes under. Nope, he's going to go back in the shotgun. First and goal at the two. Sidecar to his left. Steelers show blitz. He throws the pass up. It's going to be picked off. James Harrison has it. He's running up the sideline. 25-30, 35-40. Still on his feet at the 45 and down. No, he's still on his feet. Here comes Harrison jumping over people. To the 20, the 15, the 10, the 5. And that's a touchdown for Pittsburgh. An amazing play. An amazing play. I still think the most amazing play in NFL uh, Super Bowl history, at least in a not end of game scenario, WDVE. That is Bill Hillgrove with the call of James Harrison's pick six of Kurt Warner of the Cardinals in Super Bowl 53. Took it back 100 yards uh, and they needed every one of those points because the Steelers were actually down in the final minutes. Warner was playing out of his mind with Larry Fitzgerald. And then uh, Big Ben to Santonio Holmes in the back of the end zone. Another classic Hillgrove call. And the uh, venerable play-by-play man is stepping down. The team made the announcement on Thursday. 
that the 84-year-old uh, is out, retiring as the play-by-play voice of the Pittsburgh Steelers after three decades on the job. He took over in 1994 um, from Jack Fleming, and uh, now it is Hillgrove stepping aside. And uh, people that listen to this podcast know we have a quite an affinity for local play-by-play men and uh, and how they serve as the voice of the fans. And uh, it is, uh, you know, uh, a passing of the torch moment for Steelers fans because there's been a lot of big time moments in the last 30 years. Yeah, I think like you, the, the special thing about radio is that most of your memories, obviously, are you're creating these images in your mind while you're like driving around. It's like I don't even I'm not a big baseball fan, but I kind of love driving around listening to like a Dodgers game once in a while. It just creates this texture. Um, his his name, his voice has been in our lives as long as we've been fans for the most part. And I think the way you judge these guys um, is in the biggest moments, like, do they nail that call? And like, that's a great example of how precise and um, entertaining and, and verbally talented he was. He's the man. It actually was making me think like, it might be the most beloved positions in the media. Like columnists, everyone turns on columnists if they ever liked them to begin with. Like, they get mixed reactions. National broadcasters... They'll have their fans, but they get a ton of hate. Yeah, even podcasts—you stick along around long enough, people start turning on you too. But the local legend radio host is like beloved. Our, our friend JB Long's going to be that guy someday. People are going to be listening to that that call he made when they won the Super Bowl forever. Greg, Absolutely. do you think that at this point, at this stage, um, and there is online evidence that this is possibly the case that the listeners are starting to turn on us to varying <laughs> degrees? Well, I mean, we've probably never, all of us haven't been equally beloved uh, the whole time. But yeah, I would think uh, there's some, there's some, there's some haters out there. But the good thing with podcasts is just like stop listening, you know, so that, that part I don't You care. do have that power. <laughs> Take a walk, loser. Um, yeah, if I write a podcast memoir in a few years, it would be uh, die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. That, I feel like that is forward by Sir Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> Got a nice ring to it. And you're absolutely right, Mark. Uh, me and a couple friends actually were, and this is like a, a sad Patriots fan thing to do at this point, we're texting the uh, Gil Santos call of Adam Vinatieri winning the first Super Bowl with him, which he absolutely nailed. Just the way the octaves in his voice goes up, like sticks with me forever and gives me chills. I only played it because Walker wanted to listen to it, and he absolutely nailed that call. And like Gil Santos, rest in peace, will be a, a legend forever in New England for that. Yes, uh, Walker was told, if you want my love and a new baseball bat for the season, you will listen to this call. No, he asked about it. He asked about it. He's like, Daddy, tell me when they weren't embarrassing. When they weren't getting <laughs> F minuses on the NFLPA uh, report or whatever. <laughs> That's right. Let's talk about that in a second. But I know you guys mentioned Peter King, but Peter King retiring after, you know, decades and decades as the, you know, kind of the voice of the league as a columnist. Hillgrove moving on it's you know we've been doing this long enough now where you know we've been covering the football for what feels like a, a mini generation of the league's history and now everything changes you know what somebody's going to come for us one day too so let's just enjoy it while we have it you know um yeah they did put out the grades that's one more item um the NFL PA kind of like this move and by the way what I was saying at the top of the show this is a perfect example the the machine wants you to think this is a massive uh, a week or two on the calendar right now. But like in reality, it's a lot of 
Flotsam and Jetsam. So that's when the union says, this is where we'll drop in our grades of coaches, facilities, and the survey of their players. And uh, three head coaches got A-plus grades when the when their players were surveyed. Uh, Andy Reid, well, you knew it would be Reid. Can you guess who the other two were if you didn't see this? I did A-plus. I think, I, well, I saw him. I knew Kevin O'Connell up got there. one of the A-pluses. I don't know if he got an A-plus. Kevin O'Connell and yep. Dan Campbell, the only three ca- coaches that get an A plus. Uh, now Reed might have gotten an A plus. Uh, however, uh, the Chiefs, and this was the case, I believe, last year as well, didn't fare so well in other voting. Their facilities were, I think, at the bottom of the list, and uh, GM Brett Veach did not get graded well uh, at all either. Uh, which you know, they're back to back champions, so. Uh, take that with a grain of salt or see it as a La Ravio Magnifico of the entire experience. Anything else that kind of jumped out uh, from the union list here? Well, I think that- the timing of the vote mattered because they pointed out that Nick Sirianni received an A, but the, the these polls were done in November before they went off at the side of a cliff. So I wonder what even a six-week difference would have made for some of these marks. I think it was mostly about like communication and following through on your word. So the Veach thing, maybe he doesn't have a great like interpersonal skills, but the ownership stuff, Clark Hunt going 31st out of 32 owners. Cause they feel like he's been selling them a bill of goods about their cheap facility, which kind of is, is fairly well known as one of the most rundown old facilities. And that basically he's repeatedly promised to fix it. And then they were like, ah, you guys keep going on these long playoff runs. We didn't have time to fix it. It is a little interesting. It has worked. Like they, they banged I mean, on is the that Cardinals. what he actually says, Greg, or you're just is projecting that the what he might say? <laughs> what? In terms oh, of your the playoff facilities? run was too long. We didn't have time this year. Uh, no, that was they. The, that was like one of the things that apparently Hilarious. he said he said to them after last season or something. Uh, it did work though. Like remember last year, the like the floors were uneven in Arizona or Cincinnati, and a bunch of stuff were cheap. Like those teams were so embarrassed, and Tampa was another one that they did kind of like fix this relatively small scale stuff. Like the Cardinals uh, no longer you know charge money f- to, for people to eat there. So. I, I would like this if we had this at our work, we could we could have little, you know, you know, try to improve what you can improve. I bet they're going to fix those facilities in Kansas City. I bet he doesn't like it on ESPN. This is like a lead story that Clark Hunt's one of the worst owners in sports. Well, it caused a total firestorm for the Cardinals <laughs> a year ago. You're right. And like the one that I kept seeing people going nuts about was that the Chargers and we and I think it's you get the feeling that the Chargers cut some corners here and there in general, but they charged their players um for game day daycare for their children. It's $75 for the first child and 50 for each additional child. Now look at, I don't, I don't know what the other teams are doing on that front, but this like became a fiery talking point on Twitter yesterday. Yeah. Uh, the bucks like is another example and why this is a really smart idea by the union, even if it probably ruffles some feathers in terms of uh, relationship between the two sides, the bucks felt compelled to release, release an organizational statement uh, after they got slammed for having a, an unclean and smelly locker. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, that's good. It's good like, stuff. What if we were just like, uh, can we get those, uh, we get some red apples uh, in the in the little jar outside? Yeah, give me some room? Rojos. It's like those green, they're, they're flavorless, the green ones. <laughs> I, I, I like the tang no, of the I'm green. Just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, and by the way, for people, younger people out there, when they have those town halls for your job and like, you know, one of the people on the show needs to kind of 
fall in line on this too. Don't fall into the trap of thinking you can speak your mind because certain uh, members of management will use it against you if you uh, try to embarrass them. You know, we've seen we've seen spot. multiple, and I know you're talking about me, um, <laughs> and I'm. I, I take that note. I accept it. It's but a we classic have seen, shadowy league figure trap move. Yeah, Never stand up. We've seen multiple for, former NFL employees contribute to their status as former NFL <laughs> media employees by stepping up in those big spots. Yes, yes, yes. Mark? I have I learned to say nothing, except in, I, then I do say something, and then I wish I didn't. That's how it typically works. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, what's happening in the news. Let's take a break. And when we get back, we will welcome in the great Roto Pat. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or, like, put a sign in your yard, but... All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome back. Our next guest is a favorite, a personal favorite. Mark loves him. Greg, hot and cold. He is one of the great NFL writers. Give me a break. (laughs) For NBC Sports. Uh, He is a Jeff Fisher scholar. And if you have any questions about Joe Flacco talking Roger Federer's poise, you know where to go. Roto Pat, Patrick Doherty, welcome back to Around the NFL. 
pointing out all my truly terrible Twitter memes that I keep on my account for like seven years at a time. Should probably change my Joe Flacco Broncos header. <laughs> Especially since he's good again. He's the comeback player of the year. He's, uh, there you he's go. It's relevant. So good I, that as everyone pointed out, it was better than literally coming back to life. Does anyone remember Joe Flacco on the Broncos at this point? I certainly don't. Roger Federer does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Greg, do you want to hash out the beef uh, there with Rotopat? Well, there was there was no beef, although I'm not even actually sure if I did hire Rotopat, but I remember I was a big supporter of him back you in the were. at Roto World while we were laying brick by brick. I shouldn't take credit for, for you if Evan hired you. He probably did. I so you can't claim credit. It was Evan. He actually, <laughs> Evan stole me in the night from the baseball side of the site, too. Mm. They were, I was going to do like a baseball test shift and he immediately got me installed in a football test shift. And this is not a joke. I did both sports for about 18 months. And the one day, one of our other bosses, Greg, Brett Randomark, has called me. He's like, Evan said you're not doing baseball anymore. Mm. Like, oh, all right. And, uh, I, I've thought about that often. And, and I know we will get to the trades. The first six months at Roto, where I, I loved baseball. Baseball was, you know, my favorite sport at the time. And I wrote the baseball magazine. I worked in both baseball and football. And I often think, like, if I had just not been assigned to cover football, how much um, worse my life would be. I wouldn't mm. be here. So we those great sliding doors moments. We were like Okies <laughs> in the 30s Not and as 40s. many opportunities, I'm just saying. The NFL has been very, very good to me. Yeah, we, say, we were like Okies in the 30s and 40s. Just get all the way to California. Don't stop on the way there. Skip over baseball and just get to football. <laughs> Uh, that's where the almighty American dollar is. I have always wondered, Pat, like if you suddenly switched gears, um, developed a new interest, became like a tax accountant or something, you'd have to rebrand your entire handle. It's the roto part of it mm. would make no sense at that point. But no, the wardrobe really, would be ready for... to go, I think, right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what do you guys think of my tasteful wardrobe? You guys have the really tasteful backdrops. I have the tasteful wardrobe. I need to work on my backdrop still. But they used to, before uh, Musk came along, they used to hold it above your head. Uh, like uh, like an anvil, uh, do not change your handle oh, yeah. or you right. lose your, your verified check mark. And now we all lost our verified check mark. So I think he could change the handle. Keep Now, Should some I people will be confused that followers of Pat will be confused if all of a sudden he's talking about advanced accounting around tax season <laughs> uh, after 15 years of talking baseball and football. But, you know, they'll figure it out. He'll keep some. He'll lose some. That's good. I have so much podcasting experience, too. I'm sure I could BS being an accountant. Like, yeah, just don't cheat on your taxes. You should be pretty good. Uh, <laughs> even if you cheat a little bit, you're probably all right. But uh, um, oh, wow. all right. So we want to get tax podcast would carry much weight. But okay. I would, I would, you know what? It's once you have you define what your audience is and then you just go for it. And I, I think Pat would have a chance. Here we are. We're going to talk about. Yes. While the combine is uh, kicking off, we're going to really be digging into the draft side of things once. Uh, those um, activities have ceased in Indianapolis, but for now uh, we're going to keep our eyes on what's current. The players currently on rosters with free agency a couple of weeks away and, uh, and players under contract and, and teams trying to figure out how financially they want to attack. So trades could happen. In fact, I believe it was around this time last year or maybe the year before the Russell Wilson trade went down as an example. Um, uh, two years ago now. And, and so we could get a big one as teams set up for free agency. So why not? Let's throw out some trades. Let's try to keep them in the realm of reality, things that could make sense. Now, I, I know we said before we started that Rotopat has a hammer drop to end all hammer drops uh, as we build it up 
to a level and expectations it cannot possibly meet, but that's how we'll end. Uh, but we're also going to start uh, with our guest, Patrick, get us going with the trade. First off, you're right. You're actually kind of late on a big trade where, you know, the new league year, when it begins March 13th, that has never stopped people from announcing trades in like January 18th, like Matthew mm-hmm. Stafford to the Rams, mm-hmm. like kind of wondering why the rules even in it's place time. at all uh, when it's that kind time. of stuff can happen. But I'll start. You're promising a hammer drop. I'll start as normie as possible. Okay. And I just, I want the normie trade I want to happen is Justin Fields to the Atlanta Falcons mm. for a pair of second round picks. Some people will say he won't fetch that much. I call two second rounders kind of like the gentleman's first rounder, where you can't be seen like <laughs> valuing him at a first round level. Right now, I feel like for like, like toxic fan purposes, he's not worth the first rounder, uh, but he could be worth two second rounders. It's not an all-in move. It won't, like, cripple the franchise. You don't have to make an all-in move in the NFC South. It's a similar roster to the Bears, where it's made to have a a high-octane rushing attack. It's got a solid defense. He's proven, despite his passing limitations, he can at least, like, strike up one of those, like, amazing, like, alpha wide receiver connections, as he did last year with DJ Moore. And I just think it's a good – it's more than a hold-serve move, but it's like the Falcons finally trying – like actually get serious about quarterback without having to make like some totally fran maybe it turns into a franchise altering move but it's not like Deshaun Watson where like totally alters the franchise with three first rounders gone and I just think I think of all the Justin Fields potential destinations I want it to be the Falcons. I think that's a good way to get going here because I'm sure you're not the only one that has a Fields trade so why don't we uh, we'll talk about that one? And if anyone wants to add a Fields, Mark, go ahead. What do you have? Well, to say? I was <clears throat> I was going to say I, I did a couple Justin Fields scenarios, but Falcons, it's like cool. It's the missing piece. It's what they were so frustrating. If they were for years in a row, it's just like put a quarterback here, and we got a lot going on. And I I had the same thing as you. I had Fields though for a second, and on this show we have our guys, dudes that we um, you know really just sort of have a bit of a fetish with earlier in their careers. They can't be stars. And like Tyler Algier was my dude two years ago. And I kind of think it would help if they sent Tyler Algier in a second back to the bears. It frees him up for a big career in Chicago and it gets, it kind of unclogs the whole Bijan Robinson thing too. So I think the Falcons just seem to be using the wrong players at different times a season ago. So he he's a weird trade evaluation because you're saying two seconds, so that would have to be I think it's the forty third pick of the draft, and then I guess next year's second. We're trying to be specific here. I mean, you could even get NBA like and trade a twenty twenty six second uh, <laughs> once I think we get to the draft. Or make the sec the second second can maybe be a conditional third, like it can turn into a third or something okay, like that. Sure, they do have a, an extra third round pick this year. Uh, that if they wanted to do that, his contract makes him more tradable, more valuable. He's getting paid nothing this year. And then he's on a fifth year option next year, which for a starting quarterback is essentially nothing. I mean, it's going to be like $20 million, but that's a bargain if you actually are a team that's going to want to pay it. Whereas this year, I think you're literally paying him like 5 million bucks, something crazy, a base salary, 1.6 million, $1.6 million dollar roster bonus. You're paying him what like Sam Darnold made in San Francisco last year. What a, what a, like a backup is going to make or or less than a decent backup. That's why I think he might have a better market than people think. I'm not sending him to Atlanta though. I think they're on a weird timeline because Terry Fontenot is like, he's been around for a while. They're GM, but the coach is new. I think they, they might rather just go with like a a young play, a, a franchise, you know, draft pick, which Arthur blank seems to be all over. So that's why I'm sending him to the Raiders. For the 44th pick, and the Bears did like getting a veteran back, 
So they're going to get back Tyree Wilson, uh, who had one of the worst seasons out of a top 10 pick that we've seen in a long time last year, but he was a top 10 pick. So it's like, okay, give us someone we can play with a little bit that has some talent. Well, it was a year ago, 44th pick overall in Tyree Wilson to the Raiders. I think they're the most likely team that would actually do this. I, I think I'm, that that's a good one. Go ahead, Pat. I was going to say, I love the idea. Of, if it's the Falcons, I love the idea of including Algier because he, he's like a loaded gun laying around. Like he's going to go off if he's on the roster. Like they, like coaches cannot quit him. And like they let him being good be the enemy of Bijan being great. And right. he's just, he's just got to get off the roster. They're going to be too thin to use him if he's on the roster. It's not fair to Algier to call him a progress stopper, to use a Parcellsism, because he's actually a young, talented player. But he is, in terms of letting Bijan be the guy what he wants to be, and he, that's a 2,000-yard rusher, you got to give him the ball, got to give him the rock. So I like all these are all places that make sense for fields. I also have a fields trade, but I, I have to tell you, in terms of BS detectors, there has been... Um, very few storylines that, that have popped up post Super Bowl in the last few years that smelled as funky as the Steelers saying they were good with their quarterback room. <laughs> it, it actually brings to mind mm. uh, my first year and Mark, your first year at NFL media when we were doing write ups with Mike Shanahan, not Kyle, Mike Shanahan stating that he would stake his reputation on Rex Grossman and John Beck. Uh, that quarterback room. That's how it feels uh, in Pittsburgh right now. So I think about Mike Tomlin, like mm. what have they been missing since Ben got old? I mean, just a true uh, two-way threat quarterback who can make plays, who could avoid the rush. Uh, and and I think Fields to the Steelers makes a lot of sense. Uh, and I'm going to send the 2024 second-round pick, 51 overall, uh, a 2024 fourth-round pick, and a 2025 conditional third. Whoa. That becomes a second if Fields hits certain oh, yeah. performance and durability escalators. Uh, get it done. Uh, do not. I smell the BS, so stop trying to stop trying to serve it, uh, Steelers. Yeah, not trying to dominate the talking, but uh, amazing stylistic bit in Pittsburgh. And you make a great point with the Steelers and like the BS detector and the, the quarterbacks. I loved how Raheem Morris in Atlanta was just like, yeah, he didn't do that at all. He's like, I, I literally wouldn't even be here if the quarterback was in any way. Walking <laughs> right. Like, I would still be in LA. Like, let's just be real. That's true. And so there was uh, some admirable honesty from New with these guys that are that are actually still on a roster. The the Steelers would have to go against what they've been for a long time. And there's some indication I mean, that they are. It's time, Greg. It's time no, to maybe mix things up in Pittsburgh. And there's some indication that they are and that they will. It is a different general manager, Omar Khan, than than. Kevin Colbert, who was there for a couple of decades. But I don't know. Three three picks might get it done. I think there's going to be a bigger market. I think it might be something close to that sort of trade than people realize. The, the trick is, like, I, I, I almost know the Raiders would be in on this, but in maybe the Falcons, there's actually not that many teams that are logical, like, destinations for, for Justin Fields because most, most of the most logical ones have – Picks in the top three, the Patriots, Commanders, and Bears. Are yeah, but we just yet. named three teams that make sense. The Giants are out there. They've been connected to fields, at least in time, in terms of it's chatter. Enough. I mean, that's four right there. I mean, that's. I think he's going to have a market. And like you said, like the difference between him and, say, Sam Darnold when he, he the Panthers gave up a pretty good bounty. Like, Fields has actually shown something. Like, he's shown he has 
a potential high level play in him. And, anyway. the, and the contract is a real great sweet spot. That's almost perfect. It's not too long in the future. It's two years at a very low rate. Like that, that helps. All right, let's uh, move. We'll stick with the Raiders. Um, I'll throw one out here that I, another thing that I don't quite buy. Now I do buy that with, with all of the bravado and excitement around the Raiders with Antonio Pierce, that they, they want to win now. And, and maybe you're right. Maybe they go and they uh, hunt and get a, a quarterback that they could uh, believe they could be a playoff team with. But I still, the Devontae Adams thing, I, I'm still, I'm not, I'm not there. I'm not there believing that he is definitely on that team, uh, given his age and where they are as a team. And, I, and I've always thought that the Jets were going to make a big play for him. You know Rodgers wants to make a big play. You know Rodgers is calling the shots for the Jets at this point. So if the Jets picked up the phone uh, and called up uh, the Raiders, what would it take? So I, I'm saying, tell me if this is crazy or this kind of makes sense. The Raiders would give up their first-round pick, the 13th overall pick. The Jets give them back their first round pick, which is a 10th overall pick. So the Raiders move into the top 10. The Jets also give them um, a second round pick in 2025, which given the state of the Jets roster and the boomer bust nature could be a pick in the low 30s, potentially, or you know, in the 30s. Uh, would that be enough to get Adams and his big contract out of Vegas? No, I think so. I, I don't I um. I, I, I'm with you. I think the Raiders, um, especially under Josh McDaniels, Devontae Adams would have been history very quick. But new coaching staff, he likes the coach. I could see Pierce uh, not wanting to move a player like that this offseason. But I just feel like if they get, if someone calls, I think they'd be listening to this. I, I cooked up one, and maybe this is too high of a price for um, the Colts to give up. But I thought that the Colts, who are also in, like, let's surround our young quarterback with weapons now, uh, would be willing to give for a Devontae Adams in his prime the 15th overall pick. And what I love about it for the Raiders, that, that may be a little rich, but in this world, the Raiders, who need a lot of pieces, could turn around and redo their wideout room and do, have more as well because they'd have the 13th pick and the 15th pick. But maybe that's a little expensive for Devontae Adams. I don't think it would have been a year or two ago. I've got a non-official Devontae Adams one, by the way. Where he was like he really was as good as gone as any player's ever been when it was Josh McDaniel, where he would basically like go up to the Monday night football camera, like right in Sharpie, like, I want to be traded. And then that, <laughs> right. that didn't happen. I, I think Pierce like loves him a little too much. My Antonio when I was in Vegas, Antonio Pierce walked by me in the lobby. Like his dog levels, just like walking in a lobby, were so like off the <laughs> charts. I feel like he's not gonna trade a dog levels guy like Devontae Adams, but my, this isn't one of my official three. I want Devontae Adams to the Bills. I think a first-rounder is too rich for Devontae at this point. I think I'm going back to my gentleman's first-rounder. Two twos from the all-in Bills for Devontae. I don't know if he's too redundant to Stefan Diggs. Their salary cap situation is probably too messed up, too. But I, Stefan and Devontae can both do everything on the football field. They're so all-in that I really want Devontae Adams on the Bills instead of the Jets. Plus two for yeah. the storyline of him playing Rodgers twice. Put a pin in that. I could see, you know, you, you bring in Adams and then you get rid of Diggs or whatever. But I don't think that's too much. They sent a first and a second round pick for him just two years ago. I don't understand. I, I don't think there's much of a chance Devontae Adams gets traded. Why would they trade one of their best players? They're also not going to get any real, like, cap relief out of it in the short term. Uh, they get like a very mind and they don't need cap relief. They need to be filling that stadium and win some well, games. I, to, I guess to, I don't get I why guess they the would... answer to that too, Greg, is that 
at least in how the league typically works, big ticket guy for a team that's kind of rebuilding, reloading, that was a different regime brought him in. There's always that chance. Now, have we heard Adams on record say he definitely no. wants to stay with Las Vegas? Because if I'm Adams, I'm like, I got how many big time years do I have left? One or two. And I don't know who my quarterback here is. Like, I, I just think there's as much as the Raiders want to put it out there. And I think the uh, GM uh, said he's a Raider a couple days ago. Like they're, they're really pushing that hard, but that is also, that's leverage. And and I, I think given there would be a market for him and some teams like the bills are a great example too. The bills and jets are both very desperate teams in, di in different ways that maybe you can get that first rounder. Now mine was moving up in the first round and then a second, but you know, the, the trade famously that got, Stefan Diggs to Buffalo was just digs for a first. And, and that worked out for everyone because the Vikings then got Justin Jefferson. So could Adams, Adams is 32 that? years old, which has kind of snuck up on me. That's part of it, uh, too. Yeah. A little bit. I just think they can get even more cap relief. And stuff. If they were going to trade him, they're going to trade him like during the season or see how everything goes in, in wait. I, I do have a digs trade, though, I, while, while he's not up there. I'm sending digs and I I think digs is eminently tradable. I think this wide receiver market has not like finished expanding. People are teams are going to be ready to pay wide receivers as quarterbacks, whether it's contracts or in trade terms. And so even though Diggs is coming off a down year, he's young enough. I think he could get a first round pick back. I thought about the Browns. Ooh, there's some whispers they want to bring in a wide receiver, Tony Paulina, that the Cowboys maybe with the brother thing. Uh, but who's got an extra first round pick this year? It's the Arizona Cardinals with the 27th pick overall to send him over to Stefan uh, to Buffalo. For some reason, I think Stefan Diggs would be happy to be in Arizona where it's just chill and he could just put up big numbers. And, and who knows, maybe you draft, you got, you get a wide receiver in the draft. You got him, you got Wilson, you got Kyler Murray. Let's fly. I think the bills would do that too. Greg, I had a duplicate exactly the same trade it, that means it's happening right I, hate, here first. I hate the idea of a declining uh <laughs> physically but his ego higher and more powerful than ever stefan diggs going to the arizona cardinals that zoo and seeing how that turns out while you know kyler uh you know either freezes him out of the game plan or is forcing what? targets i mean I that yeah. That smells like a disaster. I think he would either embrace the retirement home aspect or he would just be like, yeah, I'm going to retire. Like, he would just immediately <laughs> retire after they traded him. He's I'm, only 30. Like, he wasn't that, you know, he, he wasn't yeah, he thrilled He played last old year. last year. He played old last year. He did. He did finish with 1,180 yards and 107 <clears throat> catches. I know it fell off a lot, but, you know, during the season. But it's not like he was a, a disaster. I just feel like both those teams would do that trade. And the Cardinals, you know, they can't. They they have a surplus of picks. They're one of the teams that could actually give it up. Although that's the Texans pick, which we thought at the time was like going to be a top five pick. There was like a week in the season where we were like, "Ooh, the Tex the Cardinals could have the top two picks of the draft," and it ended up being the twenty seventh because the Texans got into the divisional round. Yeah, if you if you like do the math on it, to get to eleven hundred yards if you play every week is like sixty five yards a game. That's kind of what his ceiling was this year. And I just wonder, like, if he is because people know. I'm not going to say he's a diva or anything like that, but people know, you know, he's he's a lot. Like, and he, you got to make sure Stefan's in a good place. Uh, if a guy that's coming off a, a red flag season and you know he's a little bit uh, of a handful potentially in the locker room, what kind of is his market as strong as? 
maybe you might think it should be strong because he's been like a top 10 receiver for five, the last five years, or at least before last year. I think he's an interesting one in terms of trying to figure out how much he can command. I'm sure Brandon Bean and McDermott are thinking the same thing. The amount of screaming between Kyler and Stefan Diggs would maybe set like oh, a single season. It would be great, though. Receivers are Off like... The charts. I don't know what the comparison is, but I think a T.O., and I think this has happened with a lot of receivers. Like, they their expiration date with some of them, like, happens in after about three years. But that first year is great. The second year is pretty good. And then it starts getting sour. So it's time. You're going to get one, one nice year where he, he looks great. All right. Before we go around the horn again, let's pause, take a break, and we'll be right back with Rotopat and Fake Trades. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Pat, give us another one. This isn't the hammer drop. This one, no hammer drop. No this hammer one drop. is like for pure functionality. This is like buying a couch. You, you got to get the couch in the house. You're not. It's not flashy, uh, but it is quite comfortable. The Kansas City Chiefs. I originally said conditional fourth rounder. I think I could probably be a conditional fifth rounder to the New York Giants for Darius Slayton. Who just for some reason every year the Giants hate Darius Slayton, even though all he ever does is get like 700 yards on limited targets. Yeah, he's cleared 700 yards in four or five seasons. Uh, something MVS has never done, but the Chiefs just cut. Get a legitimate field stretcher who actually has like half a decade of proven production. He could be a great role player in this offense for the Chiefs. I think he's better than he's ever been allowed to be in New York, which maybe is not really a thing after five years. Um, but Pat, Pat, you, everything you're saying right now is exactly how we would have explained the Kadarius Tony trade two years ago. Except for unlike Kadarius Tony, he's actually produced. He's playing solid, but this is a perfunctory trade. It, it feels very like 
like a couple that's no longer really feeling the magic, but like, let's just knock it out every other week. He's uh, done 700 I, yards. I want He's more. This is like, this is like when, when, when Mark or actually, I don't even remember if it was Mark or Wes or who was it, like where we have to drop like a big ticket, like hammer drop of an item. And they talked about Gio Bernard's impact on the 2021 20, box. So by the way, this isn't the hammer drop, of course. And this is a part of a Guilty larger, charged. this is part of a larger <laughs> chiefs receiver core overhaul. Cause this is also part of the chiefs trading for Justin Jefferson, of course, which we're not even mm. going to get into on the show, but they, they got to remake the receiver. Uh, the fact that they won back-to-back Super Bowls with less like the definition of like league replacement receivers, uh, they're not going to do it a third time. Famous last words. Um, he, he's had a league worst quarterback play for half a decade, man. Darius Slayton, get him at the real quarterback, get the Chiefs the real field stretcher, and watch watch magic happen. I also think the Chiefs with that thirty second pick, it's in that closer to gentlemen's terms where it's if it's not a Slayton, but you want to go try and swing for the fences on someone else, you can essentially offer a first round pick that to the Chiefs looks like a second round pick, and maybe get out of there because I think I'm with you. I think it's going to be multiple. It's got to be has to be multiple pieces, but it can't just be a bunch of. B minus ham and eggers like last season. This is right. this is a great wide receiver class. There's gonna be look, the, you know, the, the top six could be all quarterbacks and receivers, which is crazy. But then the first round could be six or seven receivers. So there might be a spicy guy available there too. You know, I said that the Steelers offense to me feels like the girl in the closet in all summer in a day. I I tip my my cap to what the Chiefs were able to do. Uh, all apologies to the union and their incredibly comprehensive survey. Um, but, uh, I can't watch another season no. of Patrick Mahomes checking down for four quarters. For it's the worst four thing that's ever months. happened in the history. Of I want my bomber back. <laughs> I want the God of all gods, uh, airing it out to a talented group of wide receivers. So yeah, uh, that's why I, I push back against Slayton because I agree. I think everyone agrees that Slayton seems there's something there to unlock and maybe that's it. If he's a piece of that pie, he's a piece. Give it to me. But I need a big time draft pick. I need a big time number one wide receiver to pair with Mahomes and let him fly again. Because you know, Kelsey is also going to keep on getting more and more lumbering as he's getting older. They can't wait another year, and we we shouldn't be burning Patrick Mahomes twenties prime with him as a game general. We just can't do that. We shouldn't. It's a yeah. it's it's a shame. To, he, like what? To, he like needed to prove something to himself or whatever. You proved it, man. Like we get it. You can win with literally anyone. This, right. this is coming from like the fantasy guy and then the guy who drafted <laughs> Mahomes in fantasy. That's Dan. true. It's just I, like I, everyone's I, so mad at <laughs> that they won the Super Bowl with him having like Alex Smith sub sub Alex Smith stats. This this checks both boxes though as a fantasy guy fan, sure that drafted him, but also just. I like watching Mahomes uh, be Mahomes. It's almost like when Jordan at the end of his run, when the NBA was in a much different place, when he was like winning game. you're watching that Jordan documentary and they're showing the highlights and they have the big music and they, they have the, the single cam on Jordan talking like, oh, and he disrespected me. So I had to put him under the ground. And then he makes the big shot at the end in slow motion. And then they put up the final score and it was like 72 to 65 <laughs> Bulls win. Like it doesn't take away from Jordan's greatness. But, you know, I want, you know, I want Mahomes to be 1989, 90 Jordan when he's putting up 35 a game and Damn. soaring through the it's air. It's embarrassing for the league. You watch the Super Bowl and your mom is like, I, I was told Patrick Mahomes threw the ball deep. Mm. <laughs> I literally that. did get a text from my mom during the game that the game was kind of boring. It was like mid third quarter. I was like, "Yeah, you're not wrong, mom." You're, I you're mean, not wrong. Deb Rosenthal is the conscience of the National Football League, and people have to understand that. Uh, Greg, throw out another one. 
Okay. Uh, I'm going to stick with the Chiefs, but on the defensive side, we mentioned Legereus Sneed. I think he's getting traded. You wouldn't put that out there unless you were expecting to. Bit of a risk, but they, they did let Charvarius Ward go for nothing, basically, and that worked out fine for them. So who who needs a cornerback? There's a lot of teams, but who's going to be willing to give up something? The Detroit Lions. And I think the market for Sneed in a trade, the terms might not be that high because you, you have to make him one of the highest paid cornerbacks in the league, if not the highest along with it. So that's going to temper the market. But I'm going to say number 73 this season and a 2025 third gets it done. Um, so that's just next season's third. I think we need to get more into trading future picks like the NBA. Like they'll spend three months of podcasts talking about, ooh, the Lakers 2029 first round pick is now available. Like they can trade that. It's like the NFL team should get into that more. I don't it's, like time. That. it's time for the Lions to push forward. Football I don't is like it. You know why? Because those basketball. NBA trades. They don't feel tangible at a certain point. It's like a trade 10 years in advance. I like that the NFL, everything's a little more, everything's within the three-year window of, of reality. Okay, but at least, okay, know? just send a future pick. So the Lions, they give up 73. They, they're already short a pick, I believe. And then, yeah, I'm get either a second or a third next year. I think right, it's a I'll, cunning move, too, because if you trade picks way down the road and things go awry, you get canned. It's the next general manager that has to deal with that. So that's, exactly. that's savvy. And the Lions don't want to be the new Bills which is the, the lovable losers that become the big-time team that then can't get over the hump. So this is kind of a sneaky, important year in terms of continuing the franchise progress. That's why I'm, I'm with you. They're, they're going to aggressively uh, look to get better this offseason. I, when I was getting ready for this exercise, I was like, all right, what are the playoff teams that lost? Like, what do they need? And the, the Lions jumped out to me, and everyone knows Aiden Hutchinson is a big-time player for them. Give him a little help. So I'm going to go in the front seven. And there's two options, both mm. from the same team, the chargers. And there's two. Ooh. And what I like about it is that the lions and really any team that is looking for help in this realm, they can either go big ticket or they can get a slightly discount, uh, item. So, uh, you have obviously, uh, Joey Bosa. Um, I think he, with his age, his track record, I know the injuries, but because of the position he plays, uh, a premium proven pass rusher. I think he's going to cost a first round pick. So the Lions give up their 29th pick for Joey Bosa. And all of a sudden they have these dogs on the opposite ends of each other. And if they don't want to go that hard, if they want to keep that first round pick, Khalil Mack's there. And I think Khalil Mack, I think second round pick, 61st overall seems fair for a guy. I mean, he's a little older, but he's coming off like an 18 sack season. Would you give up a, a late a second to get max. So they have two paths to go there, depending on how rich they want to be. Hmm. I really like this because the chargers, I think there, if there's a time to part with Bosa, this came to my mind too, that post Brandon Staley, different situation, new vibe. And it, you know, they're 25 million in the red right now. They've got a lot of changes they've got to make. They have the most expensive defense for a number of years under Staley and they were disasters. So it's like you could move Bosa and it is a player that I think has missed so much time that the Lions are taking a risk there, but it's time for the Chargers to think about a new, a fresh new start, I think. So Bosa was at a pistachio eating competition in my uh, hometown of Santa Monica last week. Uh, I learned why? this information. I don't know why. Some sort of sponsorship. Like how much money could he be possibly making <laughs> off that, that it was worth going 
And right. I don't Monica's think he was in the town, competition, but it, was, it, but it was some some sponsor event, and he was eating. So they asked him about Jim Harbaugh, and he, he said he loves the sound of it. But it's like I don't know if he's going to be on that team. I'm with you, Dan. I think he he gets dealt. I think the Chargers would throw a parade if they could get a first round pick for him. They they might cut him. Uh, I I'm with you. They should explore a possible trade, and I think they'd take what they can get, whether whether it's a first, a second, or what whatever it is. He just hasn't been able to stay on the field. When he's on the field, he's freaking awesome. So he makes sense for a team like the Lions that would like just take a big swing. But he's a he also would be a huge risk. And the pistachio thing's a bit of a red flag too. I do like pistachios, by the way. Good. How much are you eating though? In a pistachio <laughs> eating? I'll, I'll find out more information. This came across my my. Uh, like Santa Monica account that I follow. And I was like, what is happening here? Joey Bosa is at third street or something eating pistachios. Hmm. All right, Mark, do you have one more before we, uh, we go to the hammer drop? I do. Um, and I'm going to use a roto pat, pat word wish casting. <laughs> this is probably more um, something I would like to see happen. And it, and it, un- it's very unlikely, but I do see a team, two teams with quarterbacks that I think behind closed doors are like, what are we doing with this guy? And like the, this guy is overpaid and not producing. I see two quarterbacks like that. So I think you flip the script here and just hear me out. Like the Cleveland Browns take Deshaun Watson and mm-hmm. they look back on this season and say, you know what? This is not probably going to get a lot better. Um, and, and we can either be an organization. Andrew Barry is a forward thinking general manager that like we can sit in our mistake if that's how we feel about it, or we can we can move on. Um, and I think that the New York Giants feel the same way about Daniel Jones and his absurd contract. And so the Browns and Giants flip quarterbacks. But I think in that world that the the Deshaun Watson return to the NFL was about as toxic as it, as it could be off the field, obviously. But to him to go to another team after the Browns, I think it's more palatable probably for the Giants to take that experience at this point. And I think if you're Brian Dayball... You can look at Deshaun Watson and say there's a lot we can do there. And if you're the Cleveland Browns, you, you're back in the world of reorganizing, reorganizing at quarterback. But Daniel Jones could get you through a season or two. Whoa. Wait. For, can I just say that? This is wild. Th- this is, <laughs> I mean, this is impossible. Although it's fun because any, any fun, idea though. that I gets like, the I Browns like uh, detached from that quarterback is great. Nobody wants that guy. Nobody wants the guaranteed money connected to him at this point. And certainly a Tiffany franchise like the New York Giants with the Maras and the Roonies they would never, ever take on Watson. So I think it stops because of the baggage. Uh, forget about any of the other stuff. In my opinion, I don't think that the Giants even pick up the phone. Right. I, 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 I get it you- that, that the Jones is a distressed asset, so he's like a negative asset too. But no one would give up, I don't think, you know, a conditional... No one would take Deshaun Watson on their team, I don't think, right now. The other 31 but Do you think there's with a that speck contract. of possibility that the inside the Browns building, they're like... It would be nice to move on from this oh, player. Yeah. If they're done. Of course. They're done. Yes. Yeah. I think the Browns would do this in a second. I'm with you, but I don't think any other team would do Why it. Why don't you reach? This is a there. And people forget about this because and the Browns, they deserved it. They got buried. But there were a lot of other teams that wanted Watson, too. And they're reported out there. You can look it up. Go call. Check in on some of those teams. Yeah. The and Falcons. See if they, yeah. If they the want Saints. I do have an important update before the hammer drop. Yes. Joey Bosa finished seventh out of eight competitors in a <laughs> pistachio, wonderful pistachio, get cracking, eaten competition. The world champion, some guy named Webb, dis- destroyed him with 221. Joey Chestnut was there, tied for fifth. 
Uh, Bosa finished 152 pistachios. He did beat one other person in the competition. He How pathetic that eight, so. someone so that's an flag. actual... Yeah, someone's an actual competitive eater, and they couldn't beat the the athlete that was just. No, know, I think it's a red, you're an NFL edge rusher. You should be able to get off the bus and eat. They build it as Joey versus Joey, Bosa versus Chestnut, and there appears to be about you know seventeen people in you know hoodies watching this thing. <laughs> that okay. do, it does make me finish <laughs> finishing seventh out of eight makes me think that yeah he doesn't have that dog in him. It's and I'm dropping that too. That's a third round pick now going from Detroit. All right, it's time now. <laughs> Um, to do what we must, which is clear the decks, because Patrick Darty, Roto Pat, is about to share a hammer drop, a panty dropper, and everything that could drop is dropping. Here we go. I, I think it ties together everything we've been talking about so far. So listen, Deshaun Watson, he got three first round picks, right? RG3 got three first-round picks. Sight unseen in 2012. Washington traded three first-round picks for the right Yeah, but Rex trade. Grossman and John Beck, uh, Mike Shannon was ready to stake his reputation upon so, them. So three first-round picks has kind of been the going rate for like the stunning quarterback trade and acquisition. Uh-oh. I think it needs to be up to four first-round picks. It's like someone's going to always break new ground in this territory. It kind of ties into Greg, too. Like, who cares about future first-round? Just keep trading them. Doesn't matter. No one cares with the Brooklyn Nets 2028 first round pick. Just just get them out there. It's four first round picks for an elite quarterback. Uh, The commanders, I mean, the owner, the new guy, he tried to lay low for a year. He's like, Mm -hmm. it's a new day in Washington. And like January 1st rolled around. I was like, okay, never mind. Like he's sitting in on meetings at the combine. You know, he's like starting (laughs) feuds with other assistant coaches in the league. Like, you know, le- like he spent his whole offseason like leaking anti Ben Johnson dirt. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's ready to like ascend to the throne of like the crazy new owner. Uh, I think it was Dan said the Los Angeles Chargers. They need they need a, a fresh new start. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, all he wants. He, he doesn't care about passing the ball. He's not going to pass. He, he doesn't want he doesn't need to pass. Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick oh boy. gets the NFC championship game every year. Trade Justin Herbert the Washington Commanders for four first round picks blow up and restart two organizations anew uh, remake a new a bold new NFL it's a new era the going rate is now four first round picks everyone's happy and we get our we get something to write about for months and months and months I love it it's including insane. the uh, number two overall pick I'm assuming is, is one yeah, of those yeah, yeah sure who cares I mean yeah, yeah. It it's a steep price that is a steep price I think the Chargers would have to think about it they would have to think about it give them something to think about uh, Josh Harris that's his name right Josh um, yeah that's give it them something yeah, to think about. give them something to think about you know so, you they uh, George Bluth on Arrested Development uh, once uh, taught us that you never promise crazy a baby <laughs> I would say <laughs> when it comes to the NFL, you know, always pick up the phone uh, with crazy when it comes to trades. And I think Jim Harbaugh, he's just crazy enough to do it. I think Jim, he's, you're already hearing some stories uh, behind the scenes. Jim is a wild man. Jim's going to uh, build this organization in his likeness. Justin's not his guy. Maybe no. he doesn't love him like the media loves him. Maybe he thinks he's got a bit of a ceiling on him. I don't think that's as cra- it's a hammer drop, but I don't think it's insane that Harbaugh you tra- might want to trade back this from thing. two and take JJ McCarthy. You know, this is like Lord. my guy, my you know, I, yep. I could see Harbaugh doing something uh, a mega splash, and that that would be a mega splash. Spicy. 
And yeah, I mean, Justin Herbert, yeah, uh, the, the stat guy, we all love him. We love the empty stats, except for they didn't even come with any touchdowns in 2023. So uh, didn't love him that much last year. But he can take his empty volume somewhere else. Uh, Jim Harbaugh gets his you know, character-building rushing attack. And yeah, everyone, everyone's <laughs> Be careful happy. with that, with that uh, Justin Herbert slander. The wrong media member could hear you and, and cut you ear to ear. I, I, I draft him literally every year. I love him. but so Take I'm a, your empty stats elsewhere. Well, this is part of the... the I love the empty stats. He's not going to have him anymore in LA. I'm sure he'll have mm. him for days in Washington, for days mm. and days. So that's why we need this to happen, actually, as a fantasy community. Greg, your thoughts on that before we say goodbye to Patrick? I don't like it. I think Jim Har. I I believe in love. I believe Jim Harbaugh loves this man, Justin Herbert. Uh, really but I do think if they offered the number two overall pick and multiple more first round picks, I think they would take it. The Charger, as crazy as that as that seems, Jim Harbaugh would believe that he could just turn that pick into gold and and rebuild the whole ship and it's cheaper and it's not it's not that crazy. You know, the other thing is, it's not gonna it's not a fan base <clears throat> here in L.A. where you're gonna get a ton of negative reaction to it. There might be no reaction. Is there it's like be literally just, no struggling reaction. to have any imprint in this city? And like, if you if you traded like Justin Herbert away from like the Dallas Cowboys, um, people are gonna go freaking nuts. I think Chargers, it's like off the radar. It could be done without too much too much cantankerous nature to it. Patrick, you've you, you've said it all. Uh, you never promise crazy a baby, but I would I would promise you a baby. Wrote about that's how strong. I, I don't I need any more babies. Let's be real. Um, <laughs> um, how many you four. got? We have four, folks. Um, wow. Four. wow. That's enough. You're, but you're in real. St. Louis. It's a little bit of a different vibe there. The cost of living's lower, too. It's a strong Irish Catholic German town, long lineage. Uh, we actually have a small family uh, by uh, German Missouri standards. Like, oh, wow, four. When are you getting started for real? Pat probably lives in a home <laughs> that is bigger than our homes combined uh, when you get that Missouri bump rolling. There's a Missouri bump. I can confirm. There's a Missouri bump. Should we take our podcast and relocate to Missouri? I feel like that would, yeah. would be an energy we'll give you shift. A tax break. We'll give you a tax break. I'm Houston, sure. Lincoln are there. You know, it, it really adds up. Hmm. What about your Tough wife, though, Greg? What would she do to you? I mean, your your wife, Greg, has has been vengeful about certain elements of the move from New York to L.A. If you took her <laughs> to Middle America, then what happens? Yeah, I think she just goes to Tokyo. Just, You're like, equidistant <laughs> to both coasts here in St. Louis, guys. That's it. Uh, actually, a little closer to the East Coast. But, uh, so. Oh, man. Honey, uh, ATN is moving to Missouri. <laughs> Honey, I'm moving to Japan. <laughs> they had a good run. <laughs> All right. Good stuff, Pat. Thank you so much. And you can check out uh, Rhoda Pat's work uh, over at Rhoda World or NBC Sports. And uh, I know you have a comprehensive banger you put out a couple weeks ago. Uh, going over uh, each team season, and I'm sure there's more to come in the near future. So thank you, buddy. There is. Thank you very much. Yeah, I've committed, I believe, the ultimate industry faux pas where I'm late for my own podcast. Right. People uh, should check out the Roto World <laughs> football show because we've made him late for it today. So please check uh, him out. You could you could bang us for that. Go ahead. That's, That's how much I love the show. Opener. I would not miss the show even for my own show. So thank you very much for having me. Or you, you could trash us in the open of that one, and then we could do a little Fugazi uh, podcast war, and then everybody <laughs> like wins that. the metric yeah. soar. That's true. That's Go true. dark. No, All right, bad. Pat. Thanks, buddy. Always my pleasure. Thank you. There he goes, Roto Pat. Yes, uh, one of our favorites. Uh, I man, that Herbert thing really does get me thinking. I know it's absurd, <laughs> blah blah blah, but Harbaugh really is. I mean, people that don't know, people don't realize 
that that's a different cat. And, and the Chargers are not a team that's overly comfortable with paying massive bucks for anybody. So if they had an opportunity where the coach got what he wanted, which is complete control of building the roster and his own uh, vision, and all of a sudden there was a plenty of money freed up, uh, well, it could... That would be fun. I think I Herbert think is that tempting, vision. I also, it's like it's the closest, kind of closest thing you get to the shocking nature of the Herschel Walker trade. Um, but the smarter team completely rebuild from scratch there and won multiple Super Bowls. It'd be fun, but I think the way Jim Harbaugh talks about Justin Herbert, he's like ready to build a statue of Justin Herbert. I think he's everything that Justin Herbert's everything Jim Harbaugh's ever wanted out of a quarterback. He's been like searching for this quarterback forever and just. He is so confident that he's like, we need nothing more than a stud like this and me, and we're going to freaking roll. Uh, I kind of, I, I think ultimately I'm with you on that. I think the hardest thing to do is to locate a high-end quarterback, and he's got one that's like 25 years old. So maybe you don't want to overthink things ultimately. I but think I we'll think get some fun trades, though. Some that we haven't even thought of, because you know, if they were that big of a surprise, we wouldn't be able to think of them. But it feels like... There's a lot of cap space out there, uh, and so we actually will get some fun trades, I think, in the next two weeks. All right, so there you go. That's uh, it for another show. Uh, we will be uh, back on Monday. I think we're going to go back to three a week starting next week. So we're uh, as free agency uh, gets closer, we're going to really be digging in. And also, like we said, the combine will be wrapping up by the time you hear from us again. So we'll uh, be welcoming on some uh, draft guests and, and looking at – uh, how teams will improve on that end. So yes, it is the beginning of a new journey, 2024. And we're here. Mark, do you have anything you want to add before we say goodbye? I think I just felt an earthquake in my apartment. Really? Yeah. Or was it, I don't know, or, or, or like a, or an aircraft flew into the side of the apartment, but like it was, there was a major jolt right there. So I'm going to be checking that out. Uh, that post haste. Uh, yeah. That's it. All right. Uh, until, until Monday, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, you know what you got to do. Heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.